0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Today, I'm going to be going over a mock draft that I recently did with some of the following, which you can get into these types of things by joining the Discord totally free down below. Just want to go through the strategy of not just myself, but people in this one. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I have a lot of the draft blocked out behind me. I don't want to give away any spoilers. I just have the first round up. It's a 14 round, 12 team PPR format redraft, just everything normal here. And I'm pretty much just going to analyze it round by round. I know, I know that I normally do that, but for right now, we're going to just go round by round and keep it organized and then at the end we could look over everything. So a little bit of a mock draft format. I believe I'll be releasing this on a Friday. So I hope you're all having a great day. You know, relaxing, rolling your shoulders out. It's Friday for you. And if for some reason I don't put that out on a Friday, whatever day it is for you should be a good day. Honestly for me, Monday is my favorite day of the week. Might be a psychopath for that, but I don't really care. So hope you're having a great day. Hope you're having a good start to your weekend. Appreciate it. If you take a second of your time, you're watching this video right now. So thank you so much. Hit that like button right now. Big old subscribe button pops up on the YouTube channel and hitting the subscribe button really does help. And the notification bell, this channel grow. It's growing in some major ways right now. So that's thanks to all of you. If you're listening on the podcast and you always listen on the podcast, or even if you don't, fifty dollar giveaway once a week. If you leave a review, I pick one review from the entire week and I give that person fifty dollars. Now, only like four people are doing this a week at this point. So you got a pretty good chance. Like honestly, if you're doing it right now, a couple more people might do it, but you're probably gonna have like a twenty percent chance of winning fifty bucks, which is probably better than most situations you're gonna find yourself in, outside of it. if you just go to the casino and light it on fire. But you don't gotta wager the fifty dollars in this case, it's totally free. Get into that raffle. So check that out all those things down below and lastly before we get into this the supreme draft guide is out on fantasy sports focus you heard me talking about it why haven't you gotten it yet the people who have gotten it have reached out and told me some good things about it honestly almost all of them in emails and there's going to continue to be enhancements as the month of july and august and into that month of september and really the entire month of august when people start to draft so go ahead get it limited time offer right now during the summer of just ten dollars thanks to monkey knife fight if you are eligible linked down below go get it we're going to start with the first round of this draft right now you can see it above my head i pick from the fifth spot as you can see my my picture right there. Ready? Ready? Let's get up by it. I had to go off the screen, but that's me, Sal Betry, right there, 1.05. But if you're looking at it, the first six picks, and, and I should call out something right now, knowing your draft room, and I, I might have made a mistake. Well, I think I personally know I made a mistake. Some people in the draft didn't think so, but people in this draft know me. They know the style of drafts. They're sharp people if they're drafting at this point, but they're also in my discord. So they, they're sharp people, right? So they know that at least from my standpoint and what I think is the correct standpoint right now, running backs early, back-to-back running backs with your first two picks and just scoop up all the running backs because they're going to go off the board. This draft is an extreme case of how often and running backs are going off the board. So I think with my third round pick, you'll see, I ended up going wide receiver there, a little spoiler alert, but I probably, and at least right now want to go. And if I could go back, would have taken a running back there since so many running backs had already gone off the board. And then just a string of running backs went right after me. And you'll be able to see that in just a second. So the first round starts as it normally does with McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, and Alvin Kamara with the first four picks. And it may be a little bit controversial here. I go Joe Mixon at the 1.5. I'm high on Joe Mixon. What can I say? I'm just, I'm just going along with this. Joe Mixon is the guy that I'm going to be high on. He has some hold out risks i don't think they're as major as dalvin cook's holdout risks so at that at that point for me normally at the 1.5 it'll be a dalvin cook if he's still on the board but based on the time that i was recording this dalvin cook does have holdout risk now i made a video on dalvin cook's holdout and i don't think it's actually going to be i don't think he's going to actually hold out but right now at this point in the summer the odds that joe mixon holds out compared to dalvin cook to me if i had to give them percentage chances probably like 20, 25% lower, in my opinion, if not more. So when it comes down to being that close, and I have these guys pretty close, a lot closer than most people ended up just taking Joe Mixon there. I'm happy that I don't have to actually make this decision. Like this was just a mock draft, not a lot of money, well, no money on the line, but even in a lot of best ball leagues, not a ton of money on the line right now. Um, So I don't have to make this decision between two guys who have holdout risks, and then just decide which one doesn't. I don't think either of them holds out at the end of the day. But for right now, with the information that we have, I decided to just go Mixon over Dalvin Cook there. Derek Henry goes at the one seven. So the first seven picks are running backs and you get Michael Thomas and Adams off the board. And honestly, right now in drafts, I'd still continue to go running back. So Tony D goes with Michael Thomas. That's fine, right? You're getting a top wide receiver. Nodo goes with Devontae Adams. I think those are fine, but I'd still be going running backs there. Like at the 1 8, I'm probably end up taking Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs or Nick Chubb. Probably Nick Chubb at that point. And then you see at the 110, Miles Sanders goes. The 111, you get Kenny and Drake and Josh Jacobs at the 112. So in the first round, 10 running backs go. So you can see right away what's happening in this draft. Round two starts with Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler. So those guys go back to back with their running back picks. So it's comboed with Josh Jacobs. Nick Chubb for the 12th pick overall in the first round and the 11th pick overall took Kenyon Drake, but then he backs it up with Austin Eckler. I really like that Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb stack. Um, I think those are two guys with a lot of upside in a run first offense where they are the lead backs. I know Kareem Hunt is there, but he is not a, uh, Nick Chubb's still going to run the ball 300 plus times. Now he might only catch 15 balls or 20 balls this year instead of the potential 35 or 40 he could have caught with no uh, Kareem Hunt back there. I don't think it's going to affect his overall red zone usage and his on the ground usage. So if you're keeping track at home, that's 14 running backs taken in the first 16 picks. It's pretty nuts stuff so far. And I'm looking right now and I realize that I'm wearing a black shirt with this black background. So I might look like I'm floating, but I, have, I promise you, I still have a torso. So what we're going to now is Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins. So some wide receivers are taken. Then you get Melvin Gordon. Julio Jones, and then Aaron Jones goes. So right now, based on what's all happening, I think Melvin Gordon might go a little bit early uh, or a little bit earlier than I would have expected compared to some other guys I've ranked ahead of him, but it's nothing major in that department. Uh, It gets to my pick at the 2-8. So I already have Joe Mixon. I then hit the button on Todd Gurley. Now, normally at this spot at the 2-8, I would think that I could probably get an Eckler. I can get a Josh Jacobs. I can get a Kenyon Drake. Somebody might've fallen to me, right? But I'm fine going to Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley right now is my 13th ranked overall running back. I have him ahead of Melvin Gordon, who already went off the board. I have him ahead of Aaron Jones, who already went off the board. So I feel good about. This one spot of Cloud edwards is where Todd Gurley lands for me right now. So I start with my back-to-back running backs who I think have a ton of upside. Have Joe Mixon, who I think is going to have a three-inch-plus touch season, and then you have Todd Gurley, who is like what one of three running backs in this league who doesn't have an actual backup behind him. Let's think about it. Christian McCaffrey, no real backup. Reggie Wonafon might touch the ball five percent of the time if McCaffrey's healthy. If that, and then you have Saquon Barkley, who has just a couple of backups behind him, like Deion Lewis is not scaring me off with Saquon Barkley, and then you have Todd Gurley, who has nothing behind him. Brian Hill, Edo Smith, these guys aren't going to produce. So Todd Gurley, look, he played the six most snaps in the NFL. The running back last year, but some people are still thinking that he's he's wildly injured. Maybe he has injury risk, but he's not injured right now. He played by the worst offensive line last year, so that surely goes into it. I think Todd Gurley is going to touch the ball 300 plus times if he's healthy. So, yeah, at the second, end of the second round, he's my 13th overall running back in my rankings. I like that a lot. And then the second round ends with just a bunch of different positions going Chris Godwin goes, Clyde Edwards Patrick Mahomes. So, the first quarterback goes off the board here, and Kenny Galladay. So, nothing major there. I will call out that's something that the second overall pick in this draft, I believe it's Sumo Wrestler, is doing. Take Saquon Barkley, who is right up there with Christian McCaffrey in my opinion, is the 1A, 1B. I honestly think they're in the same tier. If you want to tell me you have Christian McCaffrey ranked behind Saquon in redraft, I'd say, okay, like I'm not going to argue with that. I think Saquon is just as good. I think he has just as much of a ceiling to do things that Christian McCaffrey did last year for Saquon to do this year if he's healthy. People sliding Christian McCaffrey into the 101 is a fine move as well, but I don't think that it just has to be that way. So uh, right now, Saquon goes and then he takes patching home. So keep an eye on what he's doing right there as we go through this next turn and I come down uh, yet again to the third down here on the screen because he's got now potentially the best running back and potentially the best quarterback, my top ring quarterback and a tier one running back of only two of those in this year's draft for me and my rankings. So round three starts with another quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Now I'm, I, people ask me, I'm just not going to get these guys, right? Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, unless it's a two quarterback or super flex league, I'm probably just not getting these guys because I historically wait. And I say historically, like I'm, I'm, I'm ancient here, but I'm going to wait on quarterbacks a decent amount. Travis Kelsey goes off the board first tight end. This is what I'm talking about. So sumo wrestler goes out there and he says, you know what? I'm going to build a little bit of a stack here. Mahomes and Kelsey. And eh, it's okay for a redraft. I'm not totally against it, but I don't think it matters as much when you only have to beat 11 people, you know, to take too much advantage of correlation. But he might have not even been trying to do that because what does he have set up here? Well, this guy now has the potential RB1 in Saquon, very high upside for Saquon to be RB1, is Patrick Mahomes, who obviously quarterback one isn't in well in his range of outcomes and potentially likely. And then Travis Kelsey, who Tight end one has been his thing for a few years now. So now he sets up with the potential to have the best running back, quarterback, and tight end in the draft. And that's a little bit of an interesting build. No quarterbacks yet, right? No uh, running backs outside of Saquon yet. So interesting build to go that way. But I I like the mold there. You can win at running back every week, quarterback, and tight end pretty easily. And allow you to get some lower hanging fruit, I guess, at the running back position if those guys prop you up. So the round goes on. Nothing stands out in in, in, in any odd ways. Mike Evans, George Kittle. I then get to my pick here in the third pick. The third round, my third pick at the 3-5. I go Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson right now is my eighth ranked wide receiver on my board. And he was by far the best wide receiver left, in my opinion, eight other wide receivers already went off the board. And I'm sitting here saying, okay, I got two running backs that I really like, I might as well go get my elite wide receiver. Now, I personally like to start my drafts with back to back running backs every single time, as of right now, and getting three running backs in my first four picks. And the ideal running back would be and the ideal start for me would be four running backs in my first five picks. And then I don't draft the running back again, unless it's a deeper round draft, like in 18 to 22 rounds, then I'll get some guys later on some rookies or younger players, maybe end up with five total running backs. But those four, guys in the first five rounds they're up there for a reason. I don't have to draft another one normally at that point. So this is where I make my blunder because as of right now, only eight wide receivers have gone off the board. And I mean, alone in the first round, there was 10 running backs, right? When you factor in the second round of running backs, you end up getting to, I believe, 17 running backs that already gone off the board in the first two rounds of this draft. And right now I'm sitting here with only eight wide receivers off the board, 17 running backs off the board. I end up taking Allen Robinson because I do think he's a wide receiver. one. I do think he's an elite wide receiver. What I ended up passing on there was these next guys, uh, Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, David Johnson, Chris Carson, those types of guys, I end up passing on. Even if you wanted to go down the chain of guys that and did not make it back around to me, which is a little bit of a spoiler alert for what's happening in the next uh, draft or round of the draft. Le'Veon Bell, Montgomery, Connor, those guys don't make it back to me, so it kind of sucks. Um, I, if I could redo this, I would go Leonard Fournette here, and my draft would start mixing. Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, three guys that I think if they all stay healthy are going to touch the ball three hundred to three hundred fifty plus times this year, and that feels really good in my lineups. So this is why we mock draft. I did not read the room correctly in this one. These are all people who follow me; they all know to be taking running backs early. The fact that nearly two times the amount of running backs already gone off the board compared to wide receivers meant that i should have snagged another running back here because what you see happens after this a string of running backs goes in green Uh, right after my pick jonathan taylor Fournette, David Johnson, and Chris Carson go, okay, well, there's still some guys left at running back that I like, but you'll see in the fourth round, they pretty quickly all disappear. So that is my first regret. And unfortunately, it changes the entire way that I draft. But I do think that you have to just switch once you realize that, okay, you made a bad decision, you have to change the the speed of the draft. So I ended up just continuing to pile on wide receivers, which you're going to see in a minute to try and just gain control of this draft so that I'm not playing catch up, right? Because now if I go with a running back in the fourth round, which you'll see that I don't now I'm just playing catch up. Now I'm getting a worse running back than everybody else did. And they're starting to take receivers, and I'm playing catch up there. And then the tight end round. I'm playing catch up there. So I want to get ahead of the curve. And you'll see that I do that. The end of this draft just ends up going with another couple of wide receiver ones and Adam Thielen, Odell and DJ Moore, at least in my rankings. Let's go into the fourth round now. So I got up here, the fourth and the fifth rounds right now, the fourth round starts with uh, Robert Woods going off the board. And then you start to see another run on running backs right above my head. And it just stinks, right? Le'Veon Bell goes David Montgomery, James Conner, most start. I have no interest in most start. I have interest in David Montgomery for sure. And then I do have some interest in James Conner. So I would have probably taken one of those guys at my fourth pick. They go about three or four picks before me. And then a, run on wide receivers goes, which I actually end up taking one as well. You can see right here, I'll hover over it. This was my pick. It's Calvin Ridley at the four eight. So normally, like I said, three running backs in your first four picks, four in your first five is ideal, but that completely changed because in the fourth round, I would have had it been forced. I was looking at Cam Akers and this is what my decision was. My decision was Cam Akers can make it back to me at the fifth pick. So if I take Calvin Ridley now, I have two stud wide receivers with two stud running backs. And then Cam Akers, for me, is somebody who I think has all the upside in the world this year and somebody that I'm really trying to get in drafts right around that fifth round. So I end up taking Calvin Ridley here as a a string of wide receivers goes. It starts with Cup, Juju, then I take Ridley, AJ Brown, and Amari Cooper. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, fifth round Cam Akers or Kareem Hunt, I feel good about. I feel a lot better about Cam Akers since I think he has the upside to see 250 to 300 touches this year. But I don't think Kareem Hunt ever sees that unless Nick Chubb gets hurt. So Hunt and Devin Singletary go to close the fifth round. That kind of Things so you can see now at the bottom of the screen, or at least what's showing right now in the fifth round starts with some wide receivers. So I'm feeling good. Cam makers is still on the board. Keenan out DK Metcalf goes, dang it. I really like DK Metcalf. He's done. T.Y. Hilton goes, okay, I didn't care about him. One pick before me, dirty dollar bill is his name. Ends up taking Cam makers. Man, my heart drops because now I'm in a situation where I go, I'm looking at the board. I don't like any of these running backs left, not for fifth round picks in a redraft format, at least. The running backs left on the board at this point, once Cam Akers goes, is Mark Ingram, DeAndre Swift, Darius Slay, J.K. Dobbins, Jordan Howard. These are quickly disappearing backs. Now you could have said I could have taken Mark Ingram there and felt decent. I could have, but I didn't want that pick. I thought there was flashier wide receivers on the board. So what I end up doing here, I end up going with this pick right here next to Cam Akers, which is Terry McLaurin. So now I'm starting two running backs, Mixon, Gurley, and then three receivers in a row, Robinson, Ridley, and McLaurin. I actually like the way that this team is starting, but in the back of my head, I know I'm going, oh shit, there's no running backs left in this board right now. Uh, so I'm just going to keep piling on the wide receivers. McLaurin, I like a lot. There's no competition there. Steve Sims is his only competition. They didn't bring any tight ends in. They brought a bunch of running backs in, but a bunch of dusty running backs and a bunch of pass catching guys. Antonio Gibson, maybe he takes away from him. But right now, Terry McLaurin is an absolute monster. He broke a ton of records and a bunch of metric charts for a lot of people last year. I think reception, perhaps perception, he pretty much broke. McLaurin is somebody that I liked. Um, I took him over Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett. So the, the the decision here was I took McLaurin over Tyler Lockett and DJ Shark, which I had those guys ranked higher than him. I ended up doing it because I felt good about my wide receivers already. Like, if this was for my wide receiver two right now, I probably would have gone Lockett or Shark probably lock it because it's a little bit more stability there. But I already have Ridley and Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, I think is very stable. Ridley, I think is pretty stable. But even if he doesn't hit these expectations that a lot of people are asking for the combination of Terry McLaurin and Calvin Ridley, I think provides a pretty elite uh, wide receiver two combination there so Round five continues to go on, we get Mark Andrews to go with the third tight end off the board, Then these running backs just pretty much get sucked up. And I already know at this point after taking McLaurin in the fifth round, that I'm just going to wait on running backs and try and double tap tap the position later in the draft and get my third and fourth running backs there, maybe pick up a fifth running back. So this is where why I'm saying that I kind of regret this because my team could have been Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, and Leonard Fournette pretty much done with running backs and then go get myself a Calvin Ridley and a McLaurin and I'm still looking at a pretty good team pretty much substituting Leonard Fournette for Allen Robinson there and honestly I might do that now Allen Robinson for me is ranked three spots higher in my top 150 again you can get all those things down below in the supreme draft guide check it out but the rankings is not something that you should only be going off of you have to decide how your team's looking and how the draft is going positional scarcity and value based drafting do matter so the end of the fifth round ends uh DeAndre Swift goes off the board let's pull up the sixth and the seventh rounds now I got the sixth and the seventh rounds on the board Darius Geis and J.K. Dobbins end up going off the board to start the sixth round. Some nice picks then go off the board in Jarvis Lange, Devontae Parker. I'm just looking at wide receivers still. So we're in the sixth round. I've taken three wide receivers in a row and I'm, I'm still just looking at wide receiver. I know the running backs left suck. Jordan Howard goes off the board. Dak Prescott goes off the board. And now it gets to my pick right before me. I wanted AJ Green. He goes a pick before me. So I kind of get sniped again. I end up taking Will Fuller here. I hated this range. Uh, the 6.8 pick, I hated everything around here. I almost took Kyler Murray at the 6.8 only because I hated everything else left on the board. I'm not usually one to take quarterbacks in that range, but I'm looking at wide receivers that are named Will Fuller, Hollywood Brown, Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, Christian Kirk. Like I like all these wide receivers, but these are all guys that I can get one to two rounds later. Then I'm looking at the running backs on the board, Ronald Jones, Damian Williams, Phillip Lindsay. I don't want any of those guys in the sixth round. I could have taken a Zach Ertz or, or a Kyler Murray here. So maybe I end up going Kyler Murray if I redo this, because at this point, I feel like I'm just in this gap of my tiers where a lot of these guys can probably make it to the next pick. So I end up taking Will Fuller there just to keep piling on the wide receiver train, just to try and take control of this draft. What do I mean by take control of the draft? Well, I only drafted two running backs early. At this point, most people have three to four running backs in their roster. If I start to take running backs, I'm just piling up worse running backs than they are. And then they start to take wide receivers. And then I'm starting to play catch up and take worse wide receivers than they are. So, okay, fine. you got your three running backs. I'm just going to blow everybody else out of the water at, at wide receiver, in my opinion. And that's what I do by just pounding wide receiver from the th- third to seventh round. So I take Will Fuller here. You can see right below that in the seventh round, I take Christian Kirk. Was very happy to get Christian Kirk there. I actually ended up taking Kirk over Brandon Cooks. I, Brandon Cooks ranked a couple spots higher. But since I took Will Fuller the pick before, Figured might as well not get both of those guys. I've had both of them in a couple of uh, drafts, mock drafts so far, based on the value that they provide. So I don't hate that. So the end of the seventh round starts to go with just a hodgepodge of guys. You can see running backs start to dwindle. Only Damien Williams was the only running back taken in the seventh round. More tight ends were actually taken in the seventh round than actual running backs. So Zachary and Gronkowski go in the seventh. Deontay Johnson, Julian Edelman go at the end of the seventh. Let's go to the eighth round here. So right now, if we just kind of uh, talk about where my draft is currently going, as I put the eighth and ninth rounds on the screen, I end up going with Mixon with the first pick and then second pick Gurley so two running backs and then I just pound five wide receivers in a row Robinson Ridley McLaurin Will Fuller and Christian Kirk my next goal is to say okay let's go and see what's that left in running back because I only got two right now and then as we hit those double digit rounds we will start to look at tight end and quarterback because based on again the draft room that you're in everybody's taking quarterback or everybody's taking wide receivers and running backs based on the fact that they watch my content they're pretty sharp people they know to wait on quarterbacks at this point I mean we're sitting there through six rounds and only four quarterbacks are off the board we're sitting there through seven rounds and only six quarterbacks are off the board, right? So late round quarterbacks are definitely what a lot of people seem to be wanting to target in this one. So the eighth round starts with a couple of late round quarterbacks starting to go a little bit, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I don't really agree on either of those picks based on what was left on the board, but that's fine. Uh, Darren Waller, Hayden Hurst, I don't want to be reaching here. Like the eighth round, I don't think you're reaching on Waller. I think he fell actually a decent amount, but these types of tight ends, I think they're all very similar. Like I think tight end six and seven are very similar to what's getting drafted at like tight end 16 and 17 this year. So if I can wait four more rounds and get a guy who I think has similar upside to the tight end seven and he's going at tight end 18, team. I'll just wait for that. And that's why I don't think tight ends being drafted in like the seventh to like, I don't know, ninth round are really that meaningful unless some guys drop in value, which Waller did a little bit here. And then you can see this run on running backs just goes. It's an insane run. Like um, I'm part of it too. So you can see it starts with James White. I was looking at James White. I wanted him. It then goes to Tevin Coleman. My pick at the 8-8 eight, eight comes up. Reminder, I only have two running backs so far. So I go and I get Matt Breida at that point, Marlon Mack, Sony Michelle, Zach Moss, and Phillip Lindsay. The eighth round ends up ending with seven running backs in a row taken. So you can see a lot of guys were like, oh damn, running backs are going off the board. And it just kept going and going and going. The ninth round starts with Darius Slayton, but then another running back and Tony Pollard goes off the board. So I'm sitting here now and. I like to go back to back positions and it could be five in a row like I did with the wide receiver, right? If I draft the position, unless it's quarterback or tight end, I usually like to go back to back with it. I try to at least because at that point, when you go back to back with it, you're kind of done with it for that point. You kind of get what you need there while other people are still trying to make up for that later in the draft, taking worse players. So I get my third running back in Matt Breida in the uh, eighth round. And then in the ninth round, I go and I get Tariq Cohen. Now, I don't love these guys, right? But based on what was left on the board, Carryon Johnson's, Justin Jackson's, Alexander Madison's, I think the combination of these two pass catching running backs, these two guys in Matt Breida who can be more than a pass catching running back for sure has a lot of upside here Cohen was very he had a ton of volume but was inefficient last year so even if the volume drops because they're a better team this year and they run the ball more with Montgomery and they don't have to pass as much from behind if the efficiency comes back up and the touchdowns come back up for Cohen it could be a pretty similar year overall for fantasy point scoring so I go ahead I double tap my running backs there looking as the rest of the round in the ninth round goes you see the rookie wide receiver I believe the first rookie off the board and Jerry Judy goes a lot of people high on Jerry Judy this year in redraft formats I don't see it. I don't see it relative to the other rookies. I'd rather have Michael Pittmans. I'd rather have CeeDee Lambs. Um, I would arguably rather have, honestly, Denzel Mims, definitely based on where they're both going in drafts. So the ninth round starts to end with some more quarterbacks taken, Carson Wentz, Evan Ingram. So the, how I'm looking at it right now is, okay, Carson Wentz just went off the board. I don't have a lot of QB1 options left. I think Matt Ryan starts the 10th round, and I'll pull that up right now. So now at the bottom of the screen, the 10th and the 11th rounds have been shown. You, can see, you can't see him because he's behind me, but Matt Ryan starts the 10th round right there a little bit somewhere. Yeah. Right there. He starts the 10th round off. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, damn, like my top 10 quarterbacks, there's only one left and his name is Matthew Stafford. And a lot of people were about six picks away. I'm feeling pretty risky here. I took Terry Cohen in the ninth because there wasn't a lot of running backs. And I looked at the board and I saw, okay, the board, let's look at this. Ready? This guy's already got Dak. This guy's got Deshaun. This guy's got Drew Brees and this guy's got Tom Brady. Odds of these guys actually taking a second quarterback in this round are very slim. So I did make it back to me with a guy that I wanted. Uh, some other running backs go Boston, Scott, McFarlane, Anthony, Gibson in the 10th round. So you can see how dry running back is literally in the 10th round. You're already having to take backups in Boston Scott and and, and upside rookies, but guys who definitely aren't walking into any type of workload and high volume workload in Antonio Gibson and Anthony McFarlane. So with my 10.8 pick, I finally get my quarterback, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, I, I put a recent video out like my favorite picks this year based on ADP. He's one of them. He's my quarterback that I'm targeting in every single draft. I have him as a top 10 quarterback right now. A lot of people ranking him like quarterback 12 to 14. I don't see how he's not out in your top 10, in my opinion. If he stays healthy, he should be fine people think that he's just like already an injury prone quarterback he had one of the longest streaks of playing um games and also playing injured in those games and he was highly productive but then he ends up having one back injury and everybody's losing their mind for only half a season people think he missed all of last year he played half the season and was the second best quarterback in the league in my opinion uh from a stats standpoint for fantasy behind only Jameis. so the 10th round ends with just a bunch of other guys going anthony anthony miller ends up going that's a really good pick in the 10th round um i do like that pick i believe that's also sumo we'll, we'll look at all these teams in a second but the t- the 11th round starts with michael Pittman. i really wanted michael Pittman. i was hoping he would drop, but that's where he should go. If not, he already went a little bit later. I need a tight end at this point. Jared Cook goes in the 11th round. I think that's pretty bad. Um, Jared Cook is somebody that, sure, he was good last year. He's my 18th ranked tight end right now, uh, so I really have no interest. A lot of people ranking him in their top 10. I don't see it. If Emmanuel Sanders signed and his touchdown rate was one of the most extreme that we've seen out of a tight end in quite some time based on the low volume that he actually saw. So Jared Cook is a candidate to go from a top tight end last year to outside the top 20 or right around the top 20 uh, at best this year. If his touchdowns do naturally regress and Emmanuel Sanders takes some of that target competition, away in the middle of the field. So I get my guy, Mike Geseki here. Um, he's overall right now a top 12 tight end for me. So I get a quarterback one in my opinion, right? Top 12 quarterbacks in the 10th round. I get a tight end one in my opinion in the 11th round. It was very hard for me to choose between Gusecki and John Smith. Geseki's my tight end 11, John Smith's my tight end 12. If this was a deeper round draft, I would have probably gone back to back picks and in the 12th round taken John Smith and just got my tight ends out of the way. I think both guys have a lot of upside this year. The 11th round starts to go and some more rookies go off the board. Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk finishes the round off, some more tight ends. So nothing crazy in in this round. Uh, let's pull up the last couple of rounds now. So you can see the last three rounds are on the board. I'll hover over to where my picks are. So my last three picks of this draft were Chase Edmonds. I get a fifth running back, a guy who I think has the upside to be a third down back in Arizona. And yes, I think Kenny Drake has the upside to see 350 touches this year, but I think he's a high upside backup for that late in the draft compared to what was going off the board like AJ Brown's and Damian Harris's at this point. And then I finish my draft with things that I love to do. Double tap a position and get upside players later in the draft. I get two upside rookie receivers and LaVisca Chenault with my last pick and Denzel Mims in the 13th. I, love, I I love both of those guys. So the fact that I now have seven receivers, five running backs, a quarterback in a tight end and a 14 round draft, I feel good about that. I feel really good about my receivers. I think I think I won the draft in, in wide receivers. At least I think all these guys have upside uh, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Will Fuller, Christian Kirk, Denzel Mims and loviscus Chenault. I don't see a guy there that lacks any sort of upside, who lacks any sort of ceiling. I think all of those guys lack a ton of upside. And honestly, I think a lot of, all those guys that I drafted outside of Christian Kirk because of DeAndre you know, Hopkins being there, but he's in an offense. And first of all, I got him in the seventh round midway through, and he's in an offense that. That's going to provide a lot for a wide receiver too. I think all these guys have the opportunity to be a wide receiver one. Allen Robinson, definitely. Calvin Ridley, of course, he can put up those numbers. He can put up top 20 numbers in this offense. Terry McLaurin, yes. Will Fuller, definitely, but no more Hopkins there. Uh, Denzel Williams, I think, can be the wide receiver one for the Jets. Chenault is definitely behind Shark in my opinion, but I think he has that upside and talent profile uh, to be a wide receiver one type player. In the last three rounds, nothing major stood out in terms of any picks. People got their late round quarterbacks, their backup quarterbacks, their backup tight ends. In a 14 round draft, I'm not really interested in taking a backup tight end or backup quarterback. I want to load up on skill position position players. The last pick of the draft, if anybody was interested, Phillip Rivers, second to last pick, a guy who I think is pretty sneaky in Randall Cobb. So let's take a look at overall uh, what these teams did here. And again, if you will, just please hit that like button and the big old subscribe button that pops up. Appreciate that. So I'll just do a quick review of my uh, team go Mixon, Gurley, Allen Robinson, Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Will Fuller, and Christian Kirk. So I go five wide receivers in a row. Then I go back to back running backs again. As I started my draft with Mixon and Gurley in the eighth and ninth round, I go Matt Breda and Cohen, uh, Matt Stafford, Mike Gusecki in the 10th and the 11th, and then Edmonds, Mims, and LaVisca Chenault to end my last three picks. Again, if I had one regret, I guess you can say it would be not taking a guy like Leonard Fournette over Allen Robinson in the third round and just really uh, ending my running backs that I needed early on. Now I'm relying on my flex or so really honestly, since I have so many receivers, my running back three to be some pairing right now of Brita, Cohen and Chase Edmonds. So I'm probably gonna have to watch the waiver wire. Uh, sumo wrestler starts his draft with Saquon, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I like that, right? You're getting potentially the, the best player at all those positions this year. But then is he, he's forced then to go Kareem Hunt in the fourth round because there's not a lot of guys left. I personally would have gone Cam Akers there, but I think it's fine to go Hunt. He gets DK Metcalf in the fifth, which is his wide receiver one. And honestly, I think DK Metcalf at the end of this year, if you told me he finished as a top 10 receiver, I would not be shocked. He's currently ranked as a top 20 guy for me. So as your wide receiver one, I don't hate that. But now it starts to get thin. I was interested in seeing him take Kyler Murray in the sixth round. Like that was very interesting to me, right? You already have. Matt Patrick Mahomes. I thought this draft was going pretty interesting and decent and strategic, unless now you're trying to trade uh, Kyler Murray or Mahomes, which I don't know why you would even draft them in the first place. Then I don't really see the point in that, right? He ends up having to take Michael Gallup as his wide receiver two. His wide receiver three is Anthony Miller. I think all these guys have upside. Like I like all the receivers that he has, but to rely on them for that much upside is a little bit tough. I think that the Kyler Murray pick was a little bit interesting. I think that the cream hunt pick could have been Cam Akers, but there's not many options other than that. So uh, overall, interesting draft. I, I, I honestly, I'll say that I don't like it, but I, I like the strategy there. He's he's just testing things out. It seems like in the mock draft, I don't think he's actually trying to draft that type of a team. So this is the only guy who ended up drafting three running backs in a row. And I love the way that it goes. Webin, the guy who picks after me, he takes Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, and Jonathan Taylor. That's a great start in my opinion. Uh, he ends up then going with four receivers in a row. I love all the receivers he gets. Juju, Sutton, AJ Green, Brandon Cooks. Now, some of those guys are better than others. I like Juju and probably Cooks and AJ Green more than Sutton, but I like the way that that starts. He then gets his fourth running back in Kevin Coleman. That's fine. And then he gets his late round tight end and Hunter Henry in the 10th and Aaron Rodgers in the 11th. I like way that that starts only got to take three running backs in a row in this draft. Very interesting. Another draft that started just like mine with uh, two uh, running backs and then a wide receiver, but he was actually actually based on the fact that he, drafted towards the end of the draft, able to pull his third running back with his fourth pick was Benny Frank 11. Benny Frank gets Kenny and Drake and Austin Eckler. He then gets Odell and Le'Veon Bell. I think that's a fine team. I would have probably gone, you know what? I probably would have gone maybe Le'Veon Bell over David Montgomery. It's pretty close there, but either way, I think that's a good team start. You end up getting your three running backs with your first four picks. I like that a lot. So these are some of the teams you can look at the entire board. Let me know what you think of my draft. What do you think of some other people's? And if you want to get into these, hop into the discord down below, be sure to get the Supreme draft guide. I don't know what you're waiting for right now. The summer is going deeper and deeper. It's time to prepare for your. Fantasy football seasons and get it for just $10 right now. Uh, thanks to monkey night fight link down below if you were eligible, if not the other site to get it for the full price at fantasy sports focus. My website is linked also down below like button before you go big old subscribe button. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at salvage DFS. Ask me any questions that you might have there or in the discord down below. Peace out gang, and I'll see you in the next one.